Welcome to PIWC Worcester's podcast. Thank you for joining us. We pray that in your time spent with us, you will be blessed and edified even as we grow in faith. Please enjoy and may the Spirit illuminate your hearts. Hallelujah. Happy Sunday. We thank God for another day in his house, in his presence. Um, we just want to... Um, just want to take the time to thank Pastor Gerald and the leadership for the opportunity to be able to share the Word of God with you all this morning. Um, today marks the 15th day since we've entered um, the new year, 2023, and we thank God for seeing us through um, the first half of our 14 days prayer. Um, I believe we are seven or eight days in now. And um, as the theme of the year, Church of Pentecost International suggests, um, we are repositioning ourselves for a maximum impact in the nation. Amen. So in other words, amen. So in other words, there should be a renewed mindset coming into um, 2023. Um, certain lifestyles and certain patterns that aren't beneficial to your spiritual growth should have stayed in 2022 because in the year 2023, um, we are desiring more of him. Amen. 2023, we are desiring more of Jesus. We are going deeper in him. Now, if you came into 2023 with the 2022 energy, whatever that means, um, I'm imploring you or and I am asking of you to have a renewal of mindset moving forward. Um, things need to change because we are putting ourselves in the position where we're going to have maximum impact in our communities. Amen. So some time ago, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Jeremiah to tell his people, Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 16. This is what the Lord, word of the Lord says, stand at the crossroad. And look and ask for the ancient path. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for yourselves. So this means that there is a good way to start off the year and that is to follow the ancient path. The ancient path being his word, being guided, being led by his word. Let his word lead you. The, the word that which God has ordained for your life and as a result you will be blessed. Amen. So this is why our area head um, thought it would be best to start off the year right by seeking the face of the Lord, um, consecrating ourselves before him, because we won't be able to do this by our might nor by our power, but by his spirit, because it is his spirit that empowers us. It is his spirit that allows us or makes us to be able to walk on this journey that he has called us in, to be able to have that maximum impact wherever we may find ourselves. Amen. May the Lord grant us that grace even in this season. Amen. Now to my message. I've been asked to speak on the topic, the baptism and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The baptism and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit, as many of you may have come to understand, is the third person of the Trinity. Um, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So, the third person in the Godhead. 
and since the beginning of time, he has always been around. Um, when you read the Genesis creation story, he was involved in the creation process. In the Old Testament, we see him um, in an example where he would come upon certain individuals and the Holy Spirit would fill them to be able to do um, the Lord's work. Uh, for example, we see this in Bezalel, where the Holy Spirit will come on that particular individual and um, he would be able to, um, he was led to be able to be the chief artisman or chief craftsman to be able to design and do the arts and crafts of the tabernacle. And this is found in Exodus chapter 30, 31. And then we also see that the Holy Spirit would speak through kings and prophets um, back in the day. Um, for example, you see King David in Second Samuel chapter two, verses twenty-three, saying that um, the word of the Lord is, has come to me, and He will speak it forth to His people. Now, in our time today, we see that the Holy Spirit plays an important role in our lives. Now, if you've been a believer for some time, you can attest to this. Every believer who has come to the saving knowledge of Christ, or every believer who is born again. When, um, knows that once they receive Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell in them. In other words, we receive the free gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, when you read John chapter 3, um, verses 5, it's a very familiar story, the story of Nicodemus. Jesus tells Nicodemus that unless a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So Jesus here is revealing how a man can be born again. He's revealing the working of the Holy Spirit. And he's revealing that it is the work of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God that allows you to be born again. So the Holy Spirit is there even before we receive him. And he plays a role in us being born again. I hope we're following so far. So when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 11. If you can have that on the board for me, please. First Corinthians 6, verses 11. If you can't get it up, I'll just read it. And it says, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. Now, this is Paul referring to the people at um, Corinth, um, the people in the Corinthians, um, as they were people who before did not know the Lord, so they were living lives that were contrary um, to the Word of God. And Paul is letting them know or um, giving them this info, making them understand that before this was you, but now you are washed, but now you are sanctified, and now you are justified by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit. So right here we see three aspects of salvation and how we got saved. We see that there was a washing and a cleansing. There is sanctification. Sanctification means the, the Holy Spirit working and cleansing us in that process. And then justification, being just right before the Lord, all done by the working of the Holy Spirit. So we see that the Holy Spirit is before salvation. So he's there whilst we are getting saved, during salvation, and even after salvation. The Holy Spirit is within the process as we are getting saved, before, during, and after. 
So we see that the Holy Spirit plays an important role in our lives. Now, if you think about it in this way, when if you remember how you came to the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, someone must have preached the salvation message to you, right? It is the Holy Spirit speaking through that person to give you that salvation message, all right? And in turn, as he's speaking through that uh, person, sharing that gospel message, he's now touching and convicting you in that process. And as you are receiving the word, now you are being touched. You come to the saving knowledge. You now confess Jesus Christ into your heart. That is how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And that's how we come to the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's read Acts chapter 2, verses 38. Acts chapter 2, verses 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive, say receive, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we see that the Holy Spirit does not only wash or cleanses us. He does not only justify us, but he is someone who we receive. He is someone who comes to dwell in us. He's someone that we get to have and to hold and walk with. Once we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. So the Holy Spirit is a free gift to you once you are saved. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, 13 to 14. Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. And also, you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. The gospel of your salvation. When you believe, you were marked with him with the seal, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So when you become born again, the Holy Spirit, you, you receive the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit now serves as a seal. Say seal. It's also signifying that you are now God's people. Nothing can break that. Now, is that the only purpose of the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit just limited to our salvation? Now, if you've been a believer for some time, you already know the answer to this question. But for all those people who are probably listening to me so far, being engaged with the message. Let's turn to Acts chapter 10, verses 43 to 46. Acts 10, 43 to 46. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive the remission of sin. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured on the Gentiles also for they heard them speaking with tongues say tongues and magnify God so they heard them speaking with tongues and magnify God I'm putting emphasis on the verse 46 so we see here that as the word was coming forth right as 
um, the message was being, as preacher was preaching the, the message to uh, the Gentiles. The Holy Spirit had come down upon them, right? They had received the Holy Spirit when they heard the word. Now, after believing and receiving the Holy Spirit, we see that a, a phenomenon took place, right? The Bible said they had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How were they able to identify that? The evidence was that they were speaking in an unknown tongue or in tongues, right? Which was the evidence that they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? So we see that there is more that the Holy Spirit wants to do to us, do with us after we are saved. The Holy Spirit is not just limited to our salvation. There is more that he wants to do in us. Amen. So what is exactly the baptism of the Holy Spirit? All right. Um, let's look at baptism in its basic word, the word baptism, right? The word baptism, and I put this in layman terms. It might actually even be the best layman terms. Um, to be fully immersed in something. Baptism is to be fully immersed in something, right? Now, in our setting, when you are being baptized here in the Church of Pentecost, uh, we believe in baptism in immersion, which is baptizing by water. And when we are baptizing you, we fully immerge you in water, right? Baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I have to find here that baptism of the Holy Spirit is more than just being born again of the Holy Spirit. But it is the total infilling. Say infilling. It is the total infilling of the Holy Spirit. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive him, his baptism. And then the gifts of the Spirit begin to manifest in your life. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive his baptism. Then the gifts of the Holy Spirit begins to manifest. Now, I call this the takeover of the Holy Spirit. Say it after me. Takeover of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Now, let's have a look at another example of this experience. Let's turn to Acts chapter 19, verses 6. And pardon me. Acts chapter 19, verses 6. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. So I, I think you, you can see where I'm going with this as I emphasize this. Emphasizing this. Here we see Paul had preached to about 12 men, and he was preaching Jesus to them. Now these people were somewhat of believers they had come to the baptism of john the baptist so they had not gotten to know of what is the holy spirit so which means they weren't exactly saved so paul um saw it fit to really preach the true gospel message and after preaching the gospel message he had laid his hands on them and in that moment the holy spirit came upon them and the bible said they spoke in tongues and on top of speaking in tongues they also what prophesied right revealing another gift of the spirit when you are baptized by the holy spirit when you are filled with the holy spirit you begin to produce 
gifts of the Spirit. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an experience that generally takes place after you receive the Holy Spirit or after you've come to the saving knowledge of Christ, right? So based on these two experiences that we just read, we see that there is more that the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. The Holy Spirit is not just limited to our salvation. Now, let's have a look at why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is necessary in our time. Why the baptism of the Holy Spirit is necessary in our time. First and foremost, I put down here that it is fulfilling the promise of God. Number one, it is fulfilling the promise of God. Let's read Joel chapter 2, verses 28. Many of you are familiar with the scripture. Joel chapter 2, verses 28. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit. I will pour, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. It was something that God promised long ago when the Israelites just kept failing to hold up to the standard. He knew that one day, one day, the Spirit will come and dwell in people. And then the, 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 the word of the Lord will be written at their hearts rather than at their minds or just doing religious things. And he will pour out his Spirit on them. And then they will do magnificent things because of the Spirit that is indwelling in them. Amen. And then today, or back in, this was revealed in the day of Pentecost. And now it is available to each and every one that is a believer today. Amen. Number two, it brings us into God's supernatural power to fulfill the will of the Father. It brings us into God's supernatural power to fulfill the will of the Father. Let's read Acts chapter 1, verses 8. Acts chapter 1, verses 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you, and you shall be witness to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So as believers, we are called to a supernatural mission. Say supernatural mission. And that mission is to win souls for Christ. Now you may think, because we're in the flesh, you may think that this is a, a natural thing. But in actuality, we're talking about souls. We're talking about, we're dealing with people's spirits. We're dealing with spirits. This is a spiritual thing that we are dealing with. There are many forces out there that are grabbing the hearts of lost souls. And that's why when you read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, but against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hold of wickedness in the heavenly places. In other words, we cannot go out and witness with our own human strength. You will fail. You will give up. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit enables us and empower us to go out and witness Christ to others, to the lost souls. Remember I was saying earlier, it is the Holy Spirit, the one that captivates your heart in the process of salvation as the word is coming forth. He then convicts you. 
So what makes you think your strength can do it? You can just go out there and just preach Christ without the Holy Spirit. Won't happen. For example, let's read Acts chapter 2. Actually, you know what? I'll summarize it. After the upper room experience where Peter and the others, um, the disciples got, were in the upper room and they were baptized by the Holy Spirit. Peter was empowered to preach the message of Jesus Christ. Say, empowered. The Holy Spirit empowers. And the Bible says that 3,000 souls, due to that empowerment of the Holy Spirit, were saved that day. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit gave him the power to be a witness. Number three. Baptism in the Holy Spirit builds and strengthens our faith. Baptism of the Holy Spirit builds and strengthens our faith. Let's read Jude one twenty. Jude one twenty, And it says, But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Um, being baptized by the Holy Spirit, which gives you speaking in tongues, the Bible says praying in the language of the Spirit um, builds up your faith, right? Now, for those of you who have, who have the privilege of speaking in this language, I think you can bear witness that this, when, you, when you are praying in the language of Spirit, that something inside of you just begins to stir up. Like when you are praying in the language of the Spirit, all of a sudden you, you feel that your strength is renewed. Your inner man begins to arise. And this is why Jude encourages us that like, we should utilize that gift to really store up our faith. Amen. Now, what are some of the gifts that you can expect to receive after you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit? What are some of the gifts you can expect to receive after you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 11. This is where we see some of the gifts of the Spirit. Um, and it reads, verse 4, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, and some versions will translate it as services. But it's the same God who works all, all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And I'll read that verse again. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all which means that the, the giftings of the Spirit is for all of us, and it's, and it's for us to be used amongst ourselves and even out there. It's to edify the people. It's to build the church up. It's not meant to be held inside of us. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, the faith by the Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And then finally, to another, the interpretation of 
tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. It is the Holy Spirit, the one that gives you these gifts. And the good news is we have access to these gifts if you so desire. Now, Paul shows us that the nine gifts of the Spirit, we can, we can actually categorize them into um, three sections. All right. So those nine gifts that I just read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we can categorize it into three sections. First one being the revelation gifts, right? which is word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discernment of spirits. Those is what we call the revelation gifts. Then we have the next one called the power gifts. That's faith, healing, miracles. Those are the power gifts, right, for obvious reasons, because those ones require the power. You see it manifested, right? Vocal gifts, right, or speaking gifts, which is prophecy, tongues, interpretation. Prophecy, tongues, interpretation. So out of those nine gifts, you can categorize it into those three uh, categories, that I just mentioned. Now, it is through these channels the Holy Spirit manifests himself um, through man. And all these spiritual gifts are designed and distributed for the purpose of building up um, and edifying believers. Amen? Now, let's have a look at some of the um, spiritual gifts, um, the few that I have jotted down here. We'll start with Word of Wisdom. Now, the word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation of something in the future. All right? The word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation, meaning that is not a natural thing. It's being received by the Holy Spirit of something that's going to happen in the future. All right? So I place emphasis on the supernatural. All right? Meaning it's not going to be attained naturally, but it's the Holy Spirit that reveals that event that's going to happen in the future or that um, wisdom to you from the future. Um, and I have here that it provides prophetic insight, guidance, and counsel into people, events, or things that have not yet happened. Now, repeat, it provides prophetic insight, guidance, and counsel into people, events, or things that have not yet happened. So it is... In essence, it's, going to, it's something that's going to happen in the future. Now, an example of this can be found in Acts chapter 11, verses 28. And we can go there. It says, Then one of them, named Agabus, stood up and showed up and showed by the Holy Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. 29. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. So we see that the Holy Spirit was the Holy Spirit that revealed to Agabus about a great famine. A great famine was going to take place. And as a result, um, we see that the disciples decided to send a relief to kind of appease that situation, right? That is the benefit of having the word of wisdom as a gift. All right. So next one, word of knowledge. 
similar to word of wisdom, the gift of the word of knowledge refers to the ability to know the facts about a situation or spiritual principle that could not have been known by natural means. The gift of the word of knowledge refers to the ability to know the facts about a situation or a spiritual principle that could not have been known by natural means. Um, many times a word of knowledge is about the past or the present, but they can also be about um, the future. Now, the purpose of this spiritual gift, um, it allows for the edification, the building up of people, and then the bringing people into the faith, in other words, evangelism. And we can see this in um, John chapter 4, verses 16 to 19 as an example of how the word of knowledge is in operation. John chapter 4, 16 to 19. Jesus said to her, go, call your husband. Now, this is the uh, woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well, and Jesus is having a conversation with her. Um, so if you're familiar with the story, I'm starting from verse 16. Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have said, you have well said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one whom you have now is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive you are a prophet. And I'll end it there. So the Holy Spirit revealed to Jesus the fact that the Samaritan woman, right, had past relationships, something he wouldn't have really known in his natural state. Now, as a result of that conversation that Jesus had with the Samaritan woman, the word of knowledge that he shared with the Samaritan woman was able to reveal, he was able to reveal himself to her as the living water, right? And as a result, that turned her life around. So I mentioned earlier that the word, that the word of knowledge is partially, the purpose of the word of knowledge is to bring some folks into the faith. So we see that that conversation and the revelation that he revealed to that um, Samaritan woman brought her into the faith, brought her into the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Then we have discernments of spirits. Hey, I'm running out of time for the first time as well. <laughs> Discernment of spirit. It is a supernatural revelation into the spirit realm. Discernment of spirit. It is a supernatural revelation into the spirit realm. Now, it is the ability to see see the present activities of the spirit and the influences of that particular um, spirit in that situation, right? In other words, the gift of discernment of spirit of spirits enables you to see the spirit that is at work, whether evil or good. Now, we can see an example of this in Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 18. And it reads, Now it happened, as we went to prayer, that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her master's much profit by fortune telling. 17. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us 
the way of salvation. And this he did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. So we see that Paul was able to discern that this girl was operating under a demonic spirit. Although she was acknowledging that Paul was a man of God, and he was a follower of Christ, Paul knew that whatever she was carrying wasn't genuine, wasn't from God. Paul had discernment of the spirit. And then as a result, being annoyed, he was able to cast out that evil spirit, nullifying whatever that spirit would have done in subsequent matters. Seize the operation of that evil spirit. This is the benefit of the discernment of spirits. Now, we move on to the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy. Now, this one here is not exactly what you think. The gift of prophecy is when a believer has the supernatural ability to discern, reveal, and proclaim the truth of God's word through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? So it's not necessarily the, the prophecy that you think where it's more foretelling or foresighting, but says that it is the supernatural ability to discern, reveal, and proclaim the truth in God's word through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? The gift of the prophecy is an encouraging word. It is meant to bring clarity to the word um, and then to its listeners. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14:1 says pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy. So Paul lays emphasis on desiring the gift of prophecy. Acts chapter 27 verses 22 to 25. And it reads, "Now I urge you to take heart." And this is an example um you know, I'll read it and I'll go over it. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe, God, that it will be just as it was told to me. Amen. So this is Paul during a, a major storm. Um, he had addressed the people that he was on the ship with, which is the captain and the crew, um, the encouragement that he had received from the angel, right? So we, he, we see here the gift of prophecy in operation. This is not something that he came to himself um, and brought himself up with his own encouragement. But this is a word that came from above and that gave him that encouragement that everything was going to be all right. This is the gift of prophecy in operation. Now, lastly, how does one... I didn't go over all the um, nine gifts of the Holy Spirit for the sake of time, so I'm moving on. How does... One, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How does one receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? So the first thing, and if it's not obvious, you need to be born again. 
in order for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the prerequisite is that you be born again. The person who is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit must have the indwelling spirit and must belong to Jesus. Now we do this by Romans chapter nine, chapter 10, verses 9. That if we confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will receive the Holy Spirit. And then what happens subsequently is he will indwell in you, he will fill you, and that you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Number two, you must believe that it is for you. How does one receive the Holy Spirit? After first having been born again, you must believe that these gifts are for you. Some people do not believe that gifts that I just mentioned are in operation in our time. They have ceased. But if you really want to see these gifts in operation, you must desire it. You must believe it's for you. Acts chapter 2, verses 39. The promise is for you and your children. And for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This is what God has promised long ago. The gift is for you, if, if you so desire. Number three, you must desire the gift of the Spirit. Similar. John chapter 7, verses 37 to 38. Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the searcher said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Amen. Number four, you must ask for it. Luke chapter 11, verses 11 to 13. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? 13. If you then... Being evil, knowing, know how to give good gifts to your own children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Amen. In conclusion, remember Jesus Christ gave Himself as a gift so that we may have life, but that we may also have power to fulfill His will and His purpose. Jesus Christ gave his spirit as a seal, signifying that we are his. The Holy Spirit dwelling in, me, in you means that you have gifts that you need to exercise. The Bible tells us that those gifts are to build his church and to edify and unify the church or the body of Christ. So just as Christ gives himself, we ought to be in a position where we are also giving ourselves to his work. We are giving ourselves to each other, edifying ourselves, building the church, allowing the Spirit to do His work in His church. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable act of service. And as we get ready to transition to a time of prayer, if you desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as I mentioned earlier, the prerequisite is to have been born again and give your life to Christ. If anyone here has been touched by this message, 
have not given their life to Christ, not born again, I present you with that opportunity even right now. Is there anyone here? And if we're all saved, let us just say amen. May the Lord bless his word. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us. We pray that you were blessed. Click on the other episodes to continue on this journey with us. Don't forget to share and follow this podcast. God bless you.